All right, welcome back, Ranger fans and Penguin fans. We got a very special Saturday night post game crossover edition here. This is John Chick with Locked On New York Rangers, joined by my good friend Hunter Hody of Locked On Penguins. Just a couple of minutes after the Penguins picked up a seven to four win over the Rangers in Game Three to take a two to one series lead. Uh, Hunter, how are we doing tonight, buddy? Well, you know, I did this after Game One. I'm doing it after Game Three as well, John. I am drinking a wonderful Corona here. Good call, because you know. Gotta celebrate a win when you get it. You know, there's still who knows who's gonna win the series. Um, but you know, I was definitely I will say this: I am surprised the Penguins won that game. Going into the third period, vibes really bad. I'm like, you know what? This has the makings of <clears throat> the Rangers gonna score their next one or two goals. The camp Penguins came out a little bit flat. Then they got a couple of big shifts in a row. But I think about the seven, eight minute mark into the third. I'm like, okay, that's big. They killed a couple penalties that continued the momentum. And then Danton Heinen scores. What was basically, I think, a softy kind of a goal. I mean, if Shostorkin's in the net there, that does not go in. I will 100% stand by that. Um, that was just a goal that, you know, pr probably cannot go in at the time. And then after that, the Penguins played perhaps some of the best lockdown defense I have seen them play in six years. That was peak Mike Sullivan hockey relentless forechecking the puck goes below the goal line for more than 40 seconds at a time the rangers are not getting anything going in the offensive zone i don't even think louis Domingue saw a shot those last eight to nine minutes um they they made sure to really keep them out of the offensive zone to make sure this game was not tied really nice job defending by the penguins and that was something that that was not going on in the second period it happened a little bit in this in the first but those last eight nine minutes probably the best i've seen this team defend in a very long time yeah, you know, it's funny because, you know, the Rangers, obviously they're down by three goals in the second period. They come back, they tie, and we'll get into that period uh, in due time here as well. But, yeah. you know, the Penguins, they score that goal. And to your point, Hunter, I think a little bit of a soft goal let in by Georgiev there. It was set up when, uh, you know, Patrick Nemeth got knocked off the puck in the corner. And then, mm -hmm. um, you know, Mika had a chance to maybe make a play on the puck. He wasn't able to. And uh, Heinen scores, you know, from the doorstep there. Just goes short side. I think Georgiev was maybe looking for uh, a pass there and was a little bit surprised when he decided to shoot it. I mean, that was my take on it. One way or another, though, the puck goes into the net. But, um, yeah, to your point, I mean, I thought the Penguins played great lockdown defense down the stretch there. Uh, I wanted to get your take on this as well because, you know, the Penguins, they score there. There's about eight and a half minutes left or whatever it was, and obviously it's not ideal. You've worked so hard to get back and tie this game, and now you're trailing again. But, okay, eight and a half minutes. You know, we got some time. We, we've been scoring some goals these last uh, couple periods here, and, uh, you know, we're one chance away from maybe sending this thing into overtime. Um, and it just didn't happen. Like we said, the Penguins were playing great defense. I thought the Rangers, you know, they had an offensive zone draw coming with 224 down five to four. And to me, hmm. only trailing by one goal, that feels just a tad early to pull your goalie. I mean, if you're down by two, you have to do it because you need yeah. two goals. But you're down by one goal there. And again, they've scored three of the last four goals in the game. They've got some great players, some guys that can put the puck in the net. To me, I might have held off just a little bit there. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? The Rangers, were you expecting them to pull their goalie? And how did you feel when they did? Not at that moment, you know, because, you know, again, with, with, with the, when the Penguins scored that empty net goal, the game was over. You know, sure, there's two minutes left to score two on Deming. And sure, that's possible. He hasn't, he's been fine, but, you know, he's still a third string goalie. Um, I would have waited another 30 to 45 seconds, I think, John, maybe around the minute 30, minute 45 mark to do it. I just think 224 is a bit early when you're down one goal. Um, you know, sometimes some coaches pull the goalie not even at a minute 30. It's sometimes at a minute 10, a minute 15. I think in that situation, Galan should have been a little, I guess, more cautious just because, you know, sure, they weren't getting a lot of offensive zone time at the time just because the Penguins were playing 
lockdown defense. But, you know, all it does take is one bounce. Even in a offensive zone offensive zone draw, you, you have it at 5v5, you can win the puck back, set something up. You know, I know they tried it on the six on five, but, you know, you're leaving your, it's just, it's a big risk to potentially have the game ended, you know, but before the two minute mark, which is basically what happened because the Penguins scored to make it six to four, basically 10 to 15 seconds after the face off. So I, I do agree with you on that. I thought it was a tad early from Gallant. I'm sure he's probably going to learn from that as the series goes on if the, he is faced that situation again. But, um, I just I, I did not really like that decision at, at all, and I also I will say this, John, I didn't really like the move when he pulled Shesterkin, just because you know, sure, four goals that that's usually does not happen. I, I was I will say this, I am very surprised that the Penguins rattled him just because he's been electric this series. I think they've also put a lot of pucks on net. Maybe he's fatigued. I, I don't pr probably not, but um, something definitely I guess rattled him or something. But um, I know they were able to tie the game at 4-4, but then obviously the softy goal to Heinen, that's a puck Shesterkin stop. So I think that's probably the main reason why they. I think they probably should have kept Shesterkin in the game. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, and I tweeted this out even when it happened. This isn't a case of, you know, hindsight being 2020 and, oh, Alex Georgiev left up a soft goal, so they should have kept Igor in there. No, I said that right at the time. Uh, yeah, rough first period. Obviously, uh, he was not at his best. Didn't necessarily always get the the help that he needed either. I mean, the one goal was set up when uh, former New York Ranger Brian Boyle took the puck away from Schneider, set up his teammate. I think that was uh, the fourth goal that the Penguins scored at that point, made it 4-1. to one. Um, but yeah, I would have given Igor Shesterkin at least a chance in the second period. I think he's earned that. You know, you look at the season that this guy has had. I mean, he's the probable Vesna winner and maybe he might even get some heart consideration as well. When you're having a season like that, I think you at least deserve the chance to try to figure it out a little bit. It could just be a fluky first period and maybe he relaxes and settles in, um, you know, in Galant's defense. I thought Alex Yuryev had a nice night for himself. The one soft goal notwithstanding, he made some nice saves in this game and gave the Rangers a chance to come back. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, Igor's earned that right. You know, this isn't, you know, some kid that, I mean, he is, he's pretty young. It's only his third season, but you get the idea. He, he's obviously uh, has a very strong track record this season. And like I said, man, I, I think he just earned the right to, uh, to try to see it through that game. Now, maybe if he goes out there in the second period and gives up another early goal, maybe at that point you make the change and you say, you know what, this just isn't his night. But given the fact that they got to the intermission, you know, they, did, they could have pulled him in the first period and they didn't. They let him finish the yeah. first and then they took him out. So uh, if you're going to let him finish the first, then might as well, you know, go ahead and at least give him a chance, give him a little bit of rope in the second period. That was my thoughts on it. I uh, would have liked to have seen him at least start the second period. And I mean, we'll never know now. I would just like to, for peace of mind, know like, okay, well, what would have happened if the Rangers had left Igor Shesterkin in this game? Would they have somehow won this game? Or, you know, maybe they lose anyway. Maybe it just wasn't his night and the Penguins get him for a couple more goals. Uh, we'll never know. It, it just sucks to not know it if, on my on my end, at least. Yeah, no, I I, to I totally understand that. Yeah, you know, definitely, I think a weird call. I think it was maybe the only hand Gallant had at the time. I don't think he really wanted to burn his time out. He easily could have, you know. That's the, that's the old Peter Laviolette special, as I like to call it. I know Penguins fans will will get that because of what he did in 2012. Whenever uh, the Penguins uh, they started out and blitzed them, he would call a timeout, and the Flyers would just come back. Uh, so um, definitely, maybe a little surprised he didn't do that, but. Um, I, to your point, you know, yeah, Georgiev made a couple strong saves, especially in the third period when the Penguins were starting to buzz. I think after the first um, seven to eight minutes, where I thought the Rangers had the better of the chances, um, made a couple of big ones. Obviously, you know, softy withstanding. Um, you know, he gave the he gave the team a chance to win. That's all you want your backup to do, and you know that's especially what um, Louis Domingue is doing right now for the Penguins. Even though at times his rebound control looks a little sloppy, and he probably I hold my breath every time the puck comes in the offensive zone. 
He's played pretty well, though, man. Even game two, you know, the Rangers got him for five goals, but I don't think any of them were really of the soft variety. I thought the Rangers earned all those. I mean, the Panarin goal was a little fluky off of skating in, but, you know, that happens from time to time, and, you know, any goalie can get beat on a play like that. I'm going to ask you a little bit more about Louis Domingue in just a second because I know we were talking off air um, about how, you know, we did not expect to see Alex Georgiev versus Louis Domingue in the middle of game three in this series. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, but first, let's just let everybody know, uh, that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers and Locked On Penguins is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this weekend's Run to the Roses as the Kentucky Derby is back. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. And uh, we just want to thank everybody for making Lockdown Rangers and Lockdown Penguins your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, Hunter, we, we talked about it. We touched on it just a second ago, but I mean, Louis Deming, I mean, this guy... You know, two strong, really three strong games because he came into game one in, in the overtime period, ends up making 17 saves, gives the Penguins a chance to win that game, which they did in the triple overtime. But I mean, you know, he comes to the Penguins this year. I think it's like his fifth team in the last four seasons, a definition of a journeyman goalie. Yeah. Um, it's one of those moves in the in the offseason. I would imagine it was probably just a little bit of an afterthought when the Penguins brought him in. I mean, did you ever think we'd be in a situation like this where uh, your season basically rests in the hands of Louis Domingue? Uh, no, I don't think anyone. You don't. You don't plan for your top two goaltenders to get hurt come playoff time. Because remember, yeah. John, two weeks before the playoffs started, the both Casey Smith and Tristan Jari were as healthy as they can be. They were healthy all year. Like okay, one of them is going to get a shot at redemption. Obviously, it was going to be Tristan. Then boom, he um, breaks a bone in his foot. Casey Smith comes in. Okay, had a strong game one, and then he departs with core muscle a core muscle injury, and it's like again, you just you don't think that's going to happen when you have a team that's in win now. But, you know, credit to Louie. You know, even though he has a sub-900 save percentage, he's given the team a chance in all three of the games. And that's all you can ask for. You know, yep. coming into this series, I didn't really – I didn't expect the Penguins to win this series. Um, I, I, I picked Rangers in seven. You know, that's still very well could happen. I don't know if they're going to win this series. You know, there's still – potentially four more massive games left. Um, even though I've liked how the Penguins have played in all three of these games. But, you know, the fact of the matter is they're not getting totally burned by Deming. You know, that that's the big thing. They have the skaters. They have the defensemen in front of them that can win the games. It all comes down to, can your, you know, fringe NHL goalie, AHL goalie, can he make timely saves to give your team a chance. And tonight, when the game was four to four, he made some great saves to keep them in, especially in the third period when the Rangers started to press, they got a couple power plays. He made some 10 bell saves to keep them in it and gave them a chance. And then boom, Dan Hyen scores, boom, another empty netter, and then another empty netter after that. <clears throat> you know, he was he was a big reason why they won this game in the third period. I didn't like a couple of the goals that he gave up. That's for sure. I was not a fan, I think, of the was it? I think the, the Panarin one, I think he should have had uh, the, the second one. It was kind of a little, eh. um, but you no know, credit to him. He gave them a shot in the third period. And um, if you would have told me going into this series, John, that he would have beat the Rangers and out beat Igor Shosturkin twice. 
Uh, I would want to know what the heck you're smoking. Uh, that that is for sure. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, you know something that you know I listened to the crossover that you and Gil did while I was on mm-hmm. uh, parental leave or whatever it is that. Yes, and congr- congratulations. Oh, thank you so much, man. Really, really appreciate that. We're we're doing great so far, but um. Yeah, man. I, I, it was fun listening to the episode. I got to say, it was an episode of Locked on Rangers that I had nothing to do with, and I got to just kind of tune in as a fan, and it was great to hear you and Gil just kind of do your thing there. Um, but I remember you singling out uh, Evan Rodriguez as kind of uh, a little bit of a dark horse in this series. And, of course, he comes up with two goals, uh, the third and fourth goals of the game here for the Penguins, puts them up 4-1. to one. Um, You know, just your thoughts on the Penguins getting some secondary scoring because games one and two, it was basically the Crosby line and that was it. I mean, I know Malkin scored in the triple overtime, but not only were was the Crosby line the only line scoring, it was the only line that really looked like it could score for the first two games. And that was anything but the case in this one. Uh, Penguins basically creating offense up and down the lineup. So uh, your thoughts specifically on Rodriguez, but then also just the fact that they're getting some more secondary scoring now. Yeah, it, it's huge for both. You know, I, I said after, you know, the, the game 82 when Rodriguez had that great game against Columbus, look out. He, he could heat up and he could get back to first half and Rodriguez when he took this, the world by fire and everyone wanted to run in front of a moving train for the guy and keep him in Pittsburgh. Then the second half of the season happens and you want to just fly him to the airport. This game tonight has a hat trick. He is all over the ice. You could see his release was in perfect form. That is the release that we all saw in the first half of the regular season. And when it's on, good good luck stopping him. Um, Just a great game from him. And, you know, you said, John, something that the Penguins badly needed because you're right. They were a one-line team coming into this game. I like how Evgeny Malkin has played. He only, he had that overtime winner outside of that. Hadn't really factored in any of the other goals. Brian Rust, I know he's had one goal, but he hasn't really been himself fully. Sid is Sid. Jake is Jake. I mean, he's third in uh, playoff goals since the 2016-17 season, which is pretty ridiculous when you think about it. Um, other than that, <clears throat> no one else was doing anything. But tonight, Danton Heinen, he gets his first of the playoffs after an 18-goal regular season. Jeff Carter, he gets a couple goals tonight. And, you know, he's been definitely a whipping boy within the Penguins fan base and some of the media as well, just because his underlying numbers have really tanked down the stretch ever really since he signed that extension. Um, he's not been that good. Still got a couple big goals from him. And, you know, if the Penguins do want to win this series and get the two more wins, the depth scoring has to keep stepping up. Kasperi Kapanen tonight. I know he did not score, but he played another one heck of a game. He's getting really close, I think, to breaking out of this big slump and potentially going on a little bit of, I shouldn't say a little bit of a tear, but maybe a little bit of a goal scoring streak that, you know, he just didn't have during the regular season. So it's just, it's really important for the, if the Penguins want to win this series that this keeps up because you can't have a one line team. You know, we've, we've seen what happens with the Penguins in the past, with 2013, 2014, 2015, all this other stuff. So to see the depth finally step up, <clears throat> I know it was at home. It, it's a big deal. If they can continue, John, I think the Penguins will have, a, obviously have a much better shot of winning the series. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, I know, Hunter, we were talking a little bit off air before we started recording here. I know, you know, the debate about the officiating in this <sighs> series has, has basically been beaten into the ground. I'm not going to go nuts with it here. There's plenty of other stuff we can talk about. But there is one call, and I, I told you about this one as well. Yep. I have to, you know, call them out for this one. And that was the holding penalty against Justin Braun in the first period. And that, of course, gave Pittsburgh the power play. Penguins score on the power play, and they're on their way. That put them up 2-1. to one. They end up going up 4-1. to one. I mean, 
that wasn't a penalty, was it? I mean, we, we got to agree on that one, no? Probably, no, I, I, don't think it was. I, I, I think there was another one on Heinen where I was like, is that a hook or is it not? But, you know, yeah. the, the officials, you know, I, I saw some people um, complaining about the first goal that, that the puck went off, the, the, the net went off its mornings. But then, and funny enough, John, the same thing happened with the Rangers' fourth goal when Chris Letang knocked it off. And I was like, yeah. oh, well, the same thing happened for you guys too. So I, I think, that you know, it's a call a spade a spade there yeah. on that. You know, it's, it's just – I, I've loved watching this series because there's so many great, skillful players just doing so many great things with the puck. And, you know, it's two teams that obviously don't like each other. I know the fan bases don't like it. I don't like each other either. But it is, it is. I think, I guess from like my perspective, and you know, I, I try, I try not to as like a person like you know blame officials for losing and stuff. And I, I'm, I'm sure you're probably the same way. You know, it's just you know just from a, any fan base, not even just like think like New York or anything. Um, I just think like that should not be I think the main talking point in a series when there's so many great star talent, there's so many great storylines, coaching. You know, just I, I want to talk about the game itself, like just breaking down great plays. That, that's that is what I am here for, and it's it's been a lot of fun so far to watch these two teams go at it, and I'm sure it's it's going to be one heck of a, a closing these last uh, three to four games. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the net off the moorings one, I didn't have a problem with, not yeah. too much. I mean, it, it got reviewed, and you know, when you look at the rule, I, I, I was watching on the MSG broadcast, and they put the rule up, and I said, okay, that probably should be a goal. Yeah. And then, of course, like you said, uh, Latang kind of just like shoved the net off, <laughs> and, and then Andrew Cop scored like as the net was moving off. So, yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, you know, spade for a spade there or whatever. But, um, you know. I got to ask you about Sidney Crosby, man. I mean, what else can even be said about this guy at this point? He had that goal in game two where he basically just posterized the Rangers. But is this dude ever going to slow down even a little bit, man? I was in college when this guy uh, first burst onto the scene, and that was a long time ago. And, I mean, here he is. I I mean, to me, he's as good as he's ever been. I mean, am I exaggerating that, or is he still uh, at that top-notch level there? He, he He's still insane, man. He, it's funny enough, he's three points away from 200 playoff points for his career. I um, mean, he's, he's already in the top 10 right now, John, for most playoff points among any um, NHL player. He's probably going to crack the top five, I would say before his, his career is done. Um, you know, he was, he put Keandre Miller back. He kind of time traveled back and it looked like his play against Jason Spezza from the 2010 playoffs, where he just went circled behind the net and Spezza could did all he could, but he just couldn't stop him. And then, you know, poor, poor Keandre Miller was a younger Jason Spezza. I think in that sequence, but you know, the, the empty net goal, I'm not going to make too big of a deal about, but that the pass between the legs to cards, like, Oh my God. And then you said and then game two, you obviously said he takes on goes on one on four, I think against the Rangers still scores game one. He was incredible. Um, in my opinion, you know, maybe outside of Shesterkin or maybe not, I think he's probably been the best player on the ice in this series. Um, you know, maybe that's part of my um, Penguins bias talking, but I I truly think he's been, you know, if it wasn't Shesterkin coming into these, uh, this game, it was, in my opinion, it was said. Um, he's been driving a lot of the offense for the Penguins playing great defensively. Um, I think this is a player that's just tired of losing these last few years. They haven't won a playoff series since 2018. He seems determined to change that here. And, and you know, think about it. He also knows that this could be it for him, Tanger, and, and Evgeny Malkin. You know, he's he he wants he's hope he hopes obviously that he could go on one more long run with them because nothing is guaranteed. He said before this series started that, you know, not all good things last forever. You know, I think he's taking that personally in this series. You know, he's he's been a one-man wrecking crew. 
Yeah, it's pretty wild, man. Those three have been together for like almost 20 years now, I think we're up to. And uh, yeah, yeah. to your point, I mean, I know Malkin and Latang both uh, UFAs after the season. We'll see what happens there. And, you know, maybe we'll talk about that uh, in an off-season episode too, Hunter. But uh, hey, do you want to let everybody know about Built Bar real quick? And then we'll dive into a couple other highlights from this game. Oh, yes, of course. So uh, in case anyone is not aware, summer is coming. We're about a month and a half away from that. And with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. You can throw them in your bags and your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everyone has a bar so you're, you are fueled for your summer adventures. All Built Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. And if that's not enough, you might want to try the Mix Box. There's plenty of those. They come with 12 flavors of bars and puffs. Um, most Bilt Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You can go to Bilt.com to get all your favorites like banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, so many more. They're all delicious and new flavors come out all the time. You can go to Bilt.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. All right, we're back here on this special crossover episode with me, Hunter Hodes, the host of Locked on Penguins, and of course, John Chick, the host of Locked on New York Rangers. Um, John, did anything really, I guess, like surprise you in this game, maybe outside of like Shostorkin being pulled? I mean, personally for me, I wasn't too surprised that the Rangers came back and tied in the same period. That may sound weird, but it's just because there was so much game to go. Yeah. Louis Domingue's in net. I mean, like, you know, if they were Tristan Jari in net, I would definitely have been really surprised because he's been lights out all year. But, you know, Panarin stepped up. Um, Frank Vetrano gets his gamely goal against the Penguins. I mean, this is it's it's hilarious how often he scores against the Penguins. It's it's more than Jordan Eberle um, at this point. But you know, what surprised you in this game? And also, uh, John, what, what do you think the Rangers have to do in Game Four to make sure they don't go down uh, three to one and have a stranglehold on them going back to Madison Square Garden? Yeah, you know, I'll start with something that did not surprise me, and you touched on it just for a second there as well, Hunter, but I was not surprised to see the Rangers come back in this game. You know, I'm texting with, you know, my friends who are Ranger fans. Uh, you know, my mom's a big Ranger fan. We were texting back and forth a little bit, and, you know, they're down 4-1, to one, and I was saying to everybody, I was like, man, let's just get one back before this first period ends. Go into the locker room, regroup. You're down two goals. You still got a bunch of time left. Now, they weren't able to do that, but what they were able to do was create a bunch of scoring opportunities in front of the Pittsburgh net. For one reason or another, the Rangers' shot accuracy, especially in the first period, just was not there. Every time they took a shot, it either went wide of the net or was right into the breadbasket. I'm not taking anything away from Louis Domingue. Again, you know, if the Penguins end up winning this series, it's obviously a fantastic story that this guy who uh, I was checking the other day, I think the most games he's ever played in one season is like 35 or 36, and he's barely played at all the last two years. So it's a great storyline, uh, you know, if you're a Penguins fan for sure. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm saying, you know, we're in this, you know, we're, we're creating some scoring chances and it's, you know, again, nothing, no disrespect to Louis Domingue. He's been great. He's not Dominic Koshik in his prime over there. So <laughs> we just keep doing what we're doing here. We'll create a couple of chances sooner or later. Somebody's going to bury one. There's Rangers just have too many weapons. Eventually we can work our way back into this game. So I wasn't too surprised there. I guess, you know, you can't help but be surprised by the fact that Igor's just Durkin. I mean, I know we already touched on it, but to see him pulled out of the game, you know, after a rough first period and, uh, again, even despite the uh, fact that he got four goals, I think I would have left him in there and given him a chance to figure it out. Um, besides that, you know, I, I guess the Penguins having the advantage in special teams play tonight, both teams ended up with three power plays. Penguins went two for three. Rangers went over three. Um, and it's interesting because I thought the Rangers on at least two of their power plays looked really good, looked really dangerous. Mm -hmm. One of them happened when it was uh, four to four in the third period. And 
man, watching that power play hunter, I'm telling you, man, it felt like the the goal was coming and they, they were going to take the lead there and hopefully just I, I also there. very much agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they did everything but score on the one there. Um, and then the Penguins, you know, on, on their power plays, there was one power play where I thought the Rangers did a great job on the kill, but then the Penguins scored with about uh, 10 or 15 seconds left, which, you know, you're a Ranger fan. That's very unfortunate, but I think you also have to tip your cap a little bit to the Penguins for sticking with it there and uh, finding a way to get one, um, you know, and score on the power play. Um, it's funny. Both score. of their power play goals tonight came from the second unit. The first unit was disgustingly bad. It was Yeah, and gross. I want to ask you about that too, man, because the, the last crossover we did, I remember, um, you know, we both talked about how, you know, both teams are good on the power play, but it's always the top unit. I mean, that's where the goals are coming from. Uh, so how happy, I mean, I already know the answer to this question, but how happy were you uh, to see the second power play unit, you know, step up big there and, and deliver when the first unit could not? I was going to say, if they got another one, I was going to ask Mike Sullivan to put the second unit on there so they can start with the scoring chances. Um, the first unit is, the, the first unit has been really bad for a lot of all, this entire series. Really weird. Um, Chris Letang probably had the worst game of his season tonight. Um, just was really treat, treated the puck, I think, like a grenade. And that that that's a bad, that's just bad Letang. You know, doesn't usually play like that. I'm sure he'll bounce back. Uh, but, you know, the, they weren't getting any scoring chances on that unit. But the second unit, putting pucks in the net, and voila, there's nothing fancy about it. You're getting your goals, especially from Evan Rodriguez. Nice to see that second unit really break through because at times of the season, it's it's definitely been a struggle for the Penguins to generate power play offense outside of the first unit. I mean, obviously, you're going to get most of your power play goals from a city cause. We have Guinea Malkin, Jake Gensel, Brian Rust, and Chris Tang. But tonight, it was it was nice to see those depth players on the second unit really step up. Um, I think, again, if the Penguins, they do want to win this series, their, their first power play is going to have to be a lot better. I think this was a more a better step in the right direction for the penalty kill. At times, I don't like a lot of their clearing attempts. They're really weak. Not getting it out. Adam Fox is easily holding a blue line. He's one of the best in the league at that. Um, Penguins, are, they're not getting into a lot of the shooting lanes like it normally happened. But in the, the three that the Rangers had tonight, just a, a, a better job by the Penguins BK because, you know, you, you don't want to put the Rangers power play um, on the ice too many times, to say the least. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, you mentioned, you asked me a second ago, you know, what I think the Rangers need to do in game four. One of the biggest things to me, and, and this has been an issue off and on, but mostly on in all of the first three games, <clears> is they seem to really be struggling to clear the puck out of their zone. And on one hand, again, you have to give at least some credit to Pittsburgh. It's a veteran team. I think uh, there have been times where they almost sense that. You'll see their defenseman kind of pinch up and you know knock the puck down, keep the play alive. Uh, but there's just been too many instances in these first three games here where I feel like that puck should be coming out of the zone, and it's not for one reason or another. Either sloppiness with the puck themselves or the Penguins making a play, uh, whatever it might be, you know, maybe even once or twice a, a bad bounce or something. But, uh, yeah, they got to do a better job with that because you cannot continue to give a team like Pittsburgh uh, second and third chances. And that also kind of ties into the next thing that I want to mention, and that's understanding that, you know, if you're the Rangers, you have to play pedal to the metal for 60 minutes or longer if necessary, if the game goes into overtime against this team. Because I think, you know, we talk about playoff experience, and that's one aspect where the Penguins have the Rangers. Uh, they have the edge on the Rangers, excuse me. And you got to understand that you can't ever take a shift off because that's all the Penguins need. I mean, they, they've they been relentless in this series. And I think especially 
not all the time, but I think a lot of the time the Penguins have the better in play on the shift that immediately follows a goal. And that's where that uh, veteran know-how kind of comes in handy for the Penguins, I think. You know, they realize that's a huge part in the game. Uh, the first two games, too often the Rangers would score, and then they give it right back a minute or two later to the Penguins. So uh, I think all those things are big. I think Igor Shesterkin will bounce back in game four. I mean, I have no reason to believe otherwise with the kind of season that he's had and the way that he played in games one and two. But uh, it's gut check time for sure. You really don't want to fall behind three to one. I know they came back from three to one against the Penguins, but that was two totally different teams. And that was what, like eight years ago now. So yeah, uh, absolutely, absolutely huge game uh, in game four coming up to the coming up for the Rangers. There's no doubt about it. You got to win that game. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. And especially with uh, Tristan Jari started to skate. So he's, he's not as close yet, but he's starting the process to potentially return maybe at some point. Um, in this series, uh, lastly, I did want to ask John. Uh, I, I noticed I've been noticing this a lot in this series. The Rangers' fourth line has really not been there. I think their bottom six in, in general, outside of the kid, the kids' line, I think has actually been a decent line. But no, I think the injuries to Barkley, Goudreau, and Tyler Mott um, have really impacted what they're doing on their fourth line because I think Gallant's been trying to line match against the Crosby line, and sometimes it's the fourth line out there, which is that's not going to go against Sid. And then just have you thought that's an issue? at all how their four fine is really not doing anything in either zone. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I can't complain too much about the injuries, man. Cause like we were talking about earlier, you guys are missing your top two goalies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, Tyler Mott, man, he, he made a really positive impact for this team playing bottom four, uh, or excuse me on the fourth line. And, uh, you know, he's usually out there. Barkley Goodrow's usually out there. I think if everybody was healthy, they'd probably be rolling with a fourth line of, uh, Kevin Rooney, Tyler Mott and Barkley Goodrow. And unfortunately, now you're down to just one of those guys that's available. Uh, Ryan Reeves, you know, he was a wrecking ball in the first two games, but he barely played tonight. I didn't even see him out there. I didn't notice him. And I, I checked after the game and he only played about six minutes and change. So and granted, part of that is the Rangers were down for a lot of this game. So you got to come back. And, you know, Ryan Reeves isn't the guy for that. Um, but yeah, man, it, it does feel like they're missing a little something. I get the feeling that, you know, if everybody was healthy and again, I can't complain too much about that, but. If everybody was healthy, you'd see uh, Mott and Rooney and Goodrow probably making up the fourth line and probably matching up against Crosby and his line quite a bit. And, you know, I think Tyler Mott would be giving them fits because I didn't know a whole lot about him. And it's funny, when the Rangers made that trade for him and they got him at the zero hour, you'd be stunned how many Vancouver Canuck fans reach out to me or, or just post on social media in one way or another. They love that guy. And I'm like, okay, I mean, let's see, let's see what we got here. And, you know, watch, I mean, one or two games into his tenure as a Ranger, it was very easy to see why just a tenacious player plays every shift. Like it's his last. And just one of those players, it's a little bit of a buzzsaw. And I think uh, could kind of get in the head of, of Crosby, at least a little bit. I mean, you know, Crosby phenomenal player, but, you know, you, you can get under his skin a little bit at times, too. And I, I feel like Tyler Mott might be the guy to do that. Would he have completely shut down the Penguins' top line? No, I, I really doubt that. There, no. There's no way. But maybe at least, you know, they could do a better job of, of limiting their chances if, if everybody was healthy, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I definitely hear where you're coming from on that. You know, it's probably, it would be better than, you know, icing Dryden Hunt, Ryan Reeves, and uh, Kevin Rooney against that line. That's that that's for sure. I think, um, couple, I think that line had, like, 10% of the expected goals against it. And that's just that, that that's not going to happen um, against that line, at least. Um, you have anything else to add? Uh, John? I had one other player that yeah, I had to ask you about in this game that, that was nuts. And I got to get your reaction to this. So it's four to three at this point, the Rangers have kind of crept back into the game or maybe it was even tied at this point. It was either four, three or four, four penalty on the Rangers delayed penalty. And there's Rodriguez making a pass. And it came about that close to going into the Penguins' empty net. Uh, my, my, heart skipped a beat. 
Yeah. My heart skipped a beat. <laughs> That's for sure. That's the second time that that, is almost, that has almost happened to the Penguins this year. I think the other one happened against the Islanders, and it went. It was in overtime. Went just wide. Like it didn't hit the post, but this one actually hit the post. And I think the last time we saw this, I think Carl Haglund scored on his empty net with the Washington Capitals. I think this was either earlier this year or it was last year. Um, definitely would that would have been a massive backbreaker, to say the least. Um, a lot of this, this this series has had everything so far. This was off the ice, but I don't know if the MSG broadcast showed it. There was a uh, Penguin Cup. I think it was after the fifth goal. This this poor guy went in for a kiss on this girl and she backed him away. I think it's been trending on social media and everything. I think the NHL Twitter account put a, a gift out on it. Um, there's, there's, there's really, there's no shortage of storylines, both on and off the ice when it comes to the series. Yeah. It, it's been absolutely nuts, man. I mean, I figure we can pretty much wrap it up there. I mean, you're all good with everything, anything to add or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's these last three to four games are going to be awesome. I, I truly think that this, the series is not close to over, you know, it's, I will not no one, no one is getting ahead of themselves here. That, that is for sure. But I was, I thought a gutsy win by the penguins. It was one that they needed to have. I, I thought John, they lose this game. They go down two one. I honestly thought it would have been over. I a hundred percent would have thought that just because you blow a four, one lead, you chase Shesterkin, and you're probably not going to do that again in this series. You got to finish this out. Credit to the penguins. You know, they have, <clears throat> they, they, they have a lot of guts for finishing that. So, yeah. That was that was a win that they they needed if they do want to pull off this upset. It's it's tough to know for sure which which team this game was bigger for because you everything you just said about the Penguins, you know, you chase Shesterkin out of the game, you've got a three goal lead, you see that you know disappear and it's tied. But then from the Ranger perspective, it's like, man, I'd be feeling a lot better right now because now you got to win on the road in Game Four to avoid the the dread three to one. Yeah. So. It, it was a huge game, and you know it's unfortunate for me that the Rangers didn't get it, but I do feel like they'll bounce back, and I, I feel like we're in for just an absolute classic series. And to me, if you're just a general hockey fan, this is the series to watch. I know there's some great hockey going on right now, but yeah. this has had it all, and we're nowhere near done like you've been talking about, Hunter. So, yeah, I mean, I, I figure we could pretty much call it there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, Ranger fans, Penguin fans, thank you guys as always for tuning in. And, man, we're just getting started here. Like you were saying, Hunter, it's going to be a wild series. Yep, it's going to be a lot of fun. Amen.